Well, the 10-game winning streak is over. The Jazz won uh, 15 of their last 16 games. Ended up going down to the New Orleans Pelicans last night. We'll talk about that and some other news involving Mike Conley and where the Jazz go from here as we get into this episode. This is the Jazz Talk Podcast, part of the Wasatch Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Um, So last night, Jazz played in an absolutely crazy game that went into overtime. Rudy Gobert fouls out. Donovan Mitchell puts up 46 points. Jazz lose 138 to 132 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this is not the same New Orleans Pelicans team that they were just about a month ago. Um, We've seen a lot of improvement with our young guys, especially Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Derek Favors has come back healthy um, and come back after the death of his mother. And he is probably the best guy in the NBA at going against Rudy Gobert, mostly because he played against the guy for six years every single day at practice. Um, so you got to imagine he knows every every one of Rudy Gobert's little tricks. He knows how to use his leverage against him. Um, and unfortunately, the Jazz went down in a game where uh, Donovan Mitchell ties his career high and goes for 46 points. Now, there are some really good things to look at with this big winning streak um, as far as where the Jazz go from here and what their season looks like. Um, first of all, adding Jordan Clarkson to the offense or to the team has been a huge success. Um, after adding him, that's when they went 10 and0. He's been averaging over 15 points a game with the team, shooting real well and just been instant offense off the bench, which is exactly what the Jazz needed. They just were not getting enough out of the bench. And unfortunately, last night, he was really all they were getting from the bench. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier struggled. Tony Bradley did his best. He just couldn't put the ball in the basket, which is not his primary role. George Niang just could not shoot at all. And then Rajon Tucker's a young rookie who we're just trying to get time to, and we don't really expect to be a big contributor at this point. Um, So first thing I want to talk about real quick is something I've talked about a little bit in these last few episodes is George Niang. Um, I'll always say this. I, I love George Niang. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great guy to have in the locker room. But when we get to playoff time, can we trust him? Can we give him those minutes and believe that his shooting is going to be good enough to make up for his just utter lack of being able to play defense? He tries hard on the defensive end. It's not a problem of effort. It's the fact that he is just a horrible athlete, has zero side-to-side quickness, no zero straight-line quickness, um, doesn't have super long arms. Um you know, on offense, he's he's an amazing shooter, just absolutely amazing shooter. But if he has nights like last night where he can't make a single shot, can the Jazz get by having him as a normal minutes getter? Um, and so a little later in this episode, I'll talk about where I think the Jazz can go to 
start getting some more depth on the bench and some more options there mostly um, to where if George Yang is struggling early in a series in the playoffs, we can put him on the bench and not just be losing the effect he gives us. You know, we have somebody else that can is, you know, a better defender, but, you know, definitely not the same three-point shooter. <clears throat> there really isn't that many guys in the NBA that are 6'7 plus that can shoot the way that George Niang does. So he has, he does have a lot of value. It's just when we get into the playoffs, the Jazz needs somebody that can give them some reliable defense or can shoot the lights out. And if George Niang isn't shooting the lights out at that time, then he, you know, he's not worth much to them in playoff time. Um, Emmanuel Moutier is a guy I want to talk about real quick. During this stretch, Emmanuel Moutier, when he first came to the Jazz, there were people, um, I'm trying to think of his name, I think it's Adam Modis, and I, I'm pretty sure he's the Locked On Nuggets guy. And he's, you know, he does great work. I think he's great at analyzing the league. Um, but, you know, he was around Emmanuel Moutier for, I think, three, three and a half years, something like that. So he saw him playing with the Nuggets. Um, and then, of course, just watched this last season with the Knicks. And he said he would be shocked if Emmanuel Moutier became a competent NBA player. And if you watched Emmanuel Moutier at the beginning of this season for the Jazz, I mean, Adam Modis was right. Emmanuel Moutier is an insane athlete. Um, he's like 6'4". He's built very well. He's got long arms. Um, insanely fast. Good jumper. Good side-to-side -side speed. All the things that you want from an athlete, you want from a, a basketball player. Um... I mean, athletically, if you take him to the combine and just run the numbers, he's one of the best players there. The problem is, Emmanuel Moutier just doesn't have much basketball experience. Um, you know, had a rough time in high school, um, skipped college and went to China, got injured while he was there, um, and as soon as he got to Denver, was just thrust into the starting lineup, wasn't really worked and developed. When he went to New York for a year, um, they just gave him the ball and let him go. And so this is the first year that he's actually getting coached. You know, that somebody is actually taking the time to say, Emmanuel, these are the things that you need to work on. We're going to slowly build you up. We're going to get you better at these things. And as the season goes along, he has made some huge strides. At the beginning of the year, um, really all Emmanuel Media would do is drive straight to the rim and either pull off an insanely athletic move or lose the ball. That was basically it. Um, if you watch him now, he is a completely different player. He runs the pick and roll amazingly. He knows how to do the search dribble or the Nash dribble as it's commonly known as. Um, he's become a good passer. He, he's able to find guys on the corners. Um, you know, and he's become a very good piece for the for the Jazz. Um, he still has a long way to go, but he is making a lot of improvement in his time with the Jazz. Um, 
you know, when Mike Conley went down with an injury and the Jazz weren't playing Dante Exum at the time just because Dante needs 20, 25 minutes on the court and in the situation the Jazz are in where they're looking to be a title contender, they just can't sacrifice development minutes to a guy like that. Um, but when, a menu, or when uh, Mike Conley went down, I looked at the Jazz roster and I said, okay, they have five maybe six playoff players. You know, when you get into the playoffs, um, the rotation shrinks. Eight, maybe nine, sometimes ten guys get playing time. Um, You're not going to see a deep rotation. And at that time, the Jazz had Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, and Donovan Mitchell. Emmanuel Moutier was still kind of a mess. Um... Exum wasn't playing. We didn't have Clarkson. Um, Ed Davis is still a guy that I see. I think is very valuable. And when we get to playoff time, might still be the backup center instead of Tony Bradley. Even though Tony has made strides. Um, after they made the Exum-Clarkson trade, though, Clarkson is an NBA playoff player. So now we have six solid guys. Emmanuel Moutier, in the time that Mike Conley has been gone, has gotten a lot of minutes. And he has become an NBA player, and I think can contribute in the playoffs. Mike Conley is coming back from injury. Okay, so now we're at eight guys. So, if Ed Davis can step up, or if Tony Bradley can continue to show the development that he has, we have nine guys. And where I'm thinking that the Jazz need to make some improvements is that 9-10 spot. Um, You know, I've brought up the idea of trading Ed Davis. Um, While if you're getting a big upgrade, I think it's, it's a good trade. However, you know, one of the things with doing that is that the Jazz would be looking towards the buyout market to fill the center position well any guys that are going to get bought out at this point are not going to be an upgrade over Ed Davis now Ed has struggled in his time with the Jazz but he is a much better player than Bismack Biombo and Jan Mahimi and <coughs> sorry about that um, basically anybody that's going to get bought out at the center position right now now if Tristan Thompson gets bought out you could argue that he might be better than Ed Davis at this moment. You know, I was hoping that the Raptors would kind of suck this year and that either Serge Ibaka or Marcus Gasol would be available. I think those two would be a, uh, an upgrade over Davis. But as things stand right now, um, Ed Davis is our best option there as that either the second or the third center. Tony Bradley has really come along in the time that he's been given. And I'd like to see them stay with him, keep giving him some time, see how he develops. But if we get to playoff time and we get within a month of the playoffs and he's not ready, um, Ed Davis is the guy we're going to have to rely on. So finding improvement now at that 9-10 spot, um, I have an idea. Now, this idea that I'm throwing out here, it's not gonna 
bring us a superstar by any means. <clears throat> it's not going to get us a guy that we're going to give 30 minutes a game to, anything like that. Um, but what I'm thinking is take, and again, it's hard with the Jazz to put guys in trades because they get such high-quality guys, high-character guys, that it's hard to say just trade them away. Um, <clears throat> but there's two guys that I'm thinking of that are still very young, have a lot of potential that teams might find interesting. Um, and that is Nigel Williams-Goss and Mie Oni. Both of them are rookies. They're both very, very athletic um, and in time could become key pieces for the Jazz. Problem is the Jazz are looking to be title contenders or at least, you know, conference finals contenders right now. Um, and so I, you know, the, the Timberwolves just made a trade, um, picking up Alan Crabb. They sent out Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham. Well, they have an open roster spot. And if I'm the Jazz, I would give them a call and see if they're willing to give up a guy in Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley's on a one-year, $2 million deal. He's about six foot nine, maybe 6'10", 7'4", 7'5", wingspan. Um, 250 pounds. He's very long. He's athletic. Um, he can hit the three at about a 30% clip. Not amazingly. Um, but he can play the power forward or the, the center position. Um, and he's another guy, just like Emmanuel Moutier, where I think he just hasn't been coached really. Hasn't been developed. And I think he'd do good in the jazz system. <clears throat> and so, if I'm the Jazz, I would call up the Timberwolves and see if they would do Nigel Williams-Goss, Mie Oni, and one of the Pelicans picks that we got from the Derek Favors trade for Noah Vonley. <clears throat> uh, Nigel Williams-Goss could immediately go to the Timberwolves, probably be their backup point guard to Shabazz Napier day one. Mie Oni is a super athlete at 6'5", that as he becomes a better basketball player, could probably become a rotation piece later on. <clears throat> but in... <coughs> Sorry about that. In a guy like Noah Vonley, the Jazz are getting a guy that if um, George Niang just can't hit shots, you could put Noah Vonley out there at the power forward position. Now, he's not nearly the shooter that George Niang is. I'm not trying to say that. But he's a good defender. Um, I think with the right coaching, could become a great defender. He's long, super athletic, um, and I think him being the the third option at that power forward position will be great. Also, if we go, if uh, you know, we get a team where Mike Conley becomes just a huge. Um, he has a huge advantage over another team. Noah Vonley could go in there, run the backup center position, and run the pick and pop with Mike Conley like he was used to running with Marc Gasol in Memphis to where instead of having Rudy Gobert rolling to the basket with him and having another defender in the way, Conley takes that pick and he has all that room to work with that he had in Memphis, and he's got a capable three-point shooter behind him. Not an amazing three-point shooter, but a capable guy. So, 
by doing that, the Jazz would have an open roster spot. And, you know, that now they wait for the buyout market. And in the buyout market, I would be looking for a guy that can guard LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, guys like that, for five minutes at a time. I'm talking a eight to ten minute a night guy in the playoffs to help take some stress off of Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, and Boyan Bogdanovich as far as guarding guys like LeBron and Kawhi. Um, <clears throat> now, you, we can't know for sure who's going to get bought out, but there are some guys that I'm looking at that could be candidates for this to where they can shoot okay enough to you know, hit an open three, but mostly we're just bringing them in for their defense and mostly their defense on these these wings. And the first guy that pops out immediately to me is Michael Kid Gilchrist of the Charlotte Hornets. Kid Gilchrist is six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He's very long, super athletic, great defender, just could not ever figure out how to play offense. And that's why he's kind of buried on the the Hornets bench right now and why I think he's a candidate to get bought out. Now again, we're not bringing this guy in to be a starter, to be a 20 minutes a night guy. It's we're going against a team with an amazing wing and we need some size, some length, and some athleticism to put on him. So we get Michael K. Gilchrist. Now Andre Iguodala could be available, but I'm pretty sure he's going to go to the one of the L.A. teams. However, you know, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck should at least look into that. I think he'd be a great fit, too. But, again, he's probably going to one of the L.A. teams. Um, another guy would be Kent Bazemore of the Trailblazers. problem with Bazemore, though, is he's only about 6'4", maybe 6'5". Um, and so he's a, and he's not, he's, I mean, he's got a pretty good sized frame on him, but he's not a super athlete like these other guys. Um, so he could, you know, again, you're looking for a guy just to take a little bit of pressure off of, off of O'Neal, Bogdanovich and Ingles for just a little bit of time when we're going against these great, uh, wings. Um, you know, and there's some other guys around the league, um, <clears throat> but Michael Kigilchrist is a guy that I think would be great with the Jazz. I think that if he gets bought out, they should really be trying to bring him in. Um, but anyway, that's just ideas I have for making this roster better in a way to where we keep our core together. We keep a guy like Ed Davis as a security blanket at the center position. And, you know, hopefully Tony Bradley keeps developing and becomes... Uh, center to what that's good enough to where we don't really need Ed Davis, but man, is it great to have him back there if we need him. Um, last thing I want to talk about today is Mike Conley coming back. Now, I've seen on Instagram and places like this people saying that we could be better without Mike Conley and that it was a waste of a trade and all this crap. Um, you know, and David Locke was talking about this to where if Mike Conley wasn't on the roster today and <clears throat> the Jazz announced 
that we just made a trade to pick up Mike Conley, Memphis Mike Conley. I mean, the NBA would be flipping out. This team that just won 10 in a row, won 15 of their last 16 games, um, is great on defense, is becoming great on offense. Just added Mike Conley, everybody would be freaking out. Everybody would be saying the league is rigged, all this stuff. Mike Conley is an amazing player, amazing floor general. You know, he, for his career, he's a 16-point, 6-assist guy. Good shooter, great uh, catch-and-shoot shooter. Um, Super, super smart, great teammate. Um, Keeps, you know, he either wins or is always one of the top candidates for NBA Teammate of the Year Award or Community Member Award. Just amazing player, amazing guy, great person to have out there. Um, Another coach on the floor, basically. Now, since the Jazz are rolling right now and they figured things out, where does Mike Conley fit? Um, And I think... Even though he's only six foot one, he's played point guard his whole life. He fits kind of as the shooting guard. Now, I think it's kind of a shooting guard, just like what Jeff Hornacek was when the Jazz brought him in to help John Stockton. It's a second point guard on the court that, when they're taking things away from Stockton, or now taking things away from Donovan Mitchell, you have another ball handler. Mike Conley is an amazing catch-and-shoot player. I think it would be so dangerous just to have him out there while uh, Donovan is running the pick-and-roll. You have the threat of Donovan. You have the threat of Rudy on the lob. And then you have three great, and I mean great, catch-and-shoot guys in Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Mike Conley. And then when you bring him in, Uh, Royce O'Neal that all all four of those guys also can attack closeouts so if the other team is playing off of them Mitchell finds them in the corner and that defender is flying at them they put up the pump fake either get them up in the air sidestep and hit a three or they drive to the basket and can create their own play all four of those guys can do that that is amazing. Jordan Clarkson can do that too. Emmanuel Moutier, if he can continue to develop his three, can do that. And Joey or George Niang, at times, can do that as well. Not as great as an athlete, but he can do that. That is a seriously dangerous offense that the Jazz are creating. Now, another thing, um, and this is why, you know, I didn't talk about trading Ed Davis to bring in uh, an upgrade at the power forward position over George Niang is when Mike Conley comes back Royce O'Neal is probably the guy to get moved to the bench Royce O'Neal can immediately take over those minutes at the power forward position Uh, Royce O'Neal is close to a 50% three point shooter um, can attack closeouts can handle the ball in the pick and roll every now and then and is just an absolutely incredible defender especially against guys that he can get physical against 
Another thing with Mike Conley coming back is now the Jazz are going to have all kinds of um, um, flexibility when it comes to creating lineups. You know, if you're going against, um, I don't know, we'll say you're going against the Lakers, you need extra size out there. You take Mike Conley out of the starting lineup, you throw Royce O'Neal in there, now coming off the bench, you have three very scary ball handlers, along with Tony Bradley and George Niang, and Mike Conley, um, Jordan Clarkson, and Emmanuel Moutier, to where that second unit for the Lakers is not good. And, you know, LeBron is usually running that second unit, and as long as you can slow him down enough, the Jazz would have way too good of a bench at that point to go against them. Um, you know, this the, the way Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay um, designed this team, they are just so dangerous because other than Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Ed Davis, and Tony Bradley, every single one of those guys can run the pick and roll as the ball handler can hit wide open threes, can get to the rim, can finish at the rim, um, can create plays for others, can distribute. Um, this team is going to be very scary. Um, you know, just a few years ago, the Houston Rockets signed Ryan Anderson to a massive deal, and it worked really well for a couple of years because he could just hit threes. Well, since then, teams have adapted, and they've gone, okay, you can hit wide-open threes, but unless you can dribble and pass, you're not really worth much. And that's why Ryan Anderson is out of the league right now. He's still a great shooter. Same with guys like Jonas Rebko. Um, and uh, Mirza Toledovic, which Toledovic had an injury, but still, he's not in the league anymore because you have to be able to dribble and pass and be able to shoot the lights out. The Jazz have, are full of guys like that now. Um, and for where the NBA is going, they are set up perfectly to be a threat for many years. And, you know, come playoff time, they're going to be a hard team to beat for any team in this league, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Rockets, um, any of the Eastern Conference teams. They're going to be really tough. Um, defenses are going to have to be really sound, stay at home, and while staying at home, still be able to stop uh, Donovan, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, and Emmanuel Moutier on their way to the hoop. Um, so with Mike coming back, I'm super excited. I'm really excited for what this team can be, um, how he'll fit. Now, when he comes back, don't expect him to be, you know, 30 minutes a game Mike already. They're going to put him on a minutes restriction, I'm guessing. Um, he probably won't play back-to-backs for a while. Um, they're going to ease him on into it because at this point, they don't need him right away. Come playoff time, though, they need that extra ball handler, handler that extra shooter, um, that extra defense that he brings. With that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, earlier today, I put out an episode of the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. Um, it's been a while since I did that, and the plan is to start putting out episodes 
on pretty much a daily basis with that podcast. So uh, I would encourage you to go listen to that. Um, And I thank you in advance for listening to it if you do. Um, It means a lot, all of you that have listened. Um, You know, this podcast, it's growing. Um, And hopefully with putting out more content, we can continue to grow. Um, It's been a lot of fun doing this. Um, So again, thank you for listening. Um, You can reach this podcast at wasshatchbasketballpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow me at wasshatchbasketballpod on Instagram. Again, thank you for listening. Go Jazz!